This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Yeah, I'm glad we started with the Pistons first, because the way the Bucks played on Christmas, I wasn't super excited to talk the, uh, right. the very recent pass for the Bucks. Um, yeah, I think the defense, like from what we've seen from Adrian Griffin so far, he is kind of a tinkerer. It's, it's throwing a lot of different coverages and schemes at the opposing uh, offenses, and I think a lot of that is just necessity. I think early in the year there was this desire to for the team to you know be coached the exact same way it was uh, when Mike Budenholzer was head coach. The problem with that is like Bud had either Eric Bledsoe or Drew Holiday the whole time, who are two tremendous point of attack defensive players, especially when it comes to drop coverage, you know, navigating screens, not giving up those wide open mid rangers, etc. And, you know, for whatever you want to say between the two coaches, clearly the the personnel is just vastly different, right? And I think Griffin and the team is very aware of this. I think they've tried all sorts of different things, whether it's coverages, whether it's, you know, there were points in the second half where they were having Chris Middleton be the defender on Jalen Brunson to start possessions after the narrative around Chris for the last, what, year and a half, two years has been like, yeah, I certainly lost a step defensively after the injuries, which is logical, and honestly, the this craziest part was, I think it kind of worked better than when they were putting uh, Malik Beasley or some of the other guys on him. As Chris was navigating screens better. He had a really bad one late. No one could guard Brunson at all. I mean, Andre Jackson Jr., who people get excited about, and it, he's exciting. He's an exciting rookie. Not even close. Like, he, he couldn't do anything to stop Jalen Brunson. No one on the roster seemed to be able to. Uh, I think, you know, it, it was as disappointing as that game in particular was, given you know, national TV, Christmas game, everything else. I'm glad that you did in the lead in Sparky mention, you know, they controlled this very same team in their same building just two days before that. So it's not, I don't think like all hope is lost because they had this wretched game to try and spoil our Christmases. But I think defensively, the more I look at it, it's like they can run all these different coverages, use different primary defenders, tweak things. They just need another good perimeter defender, especially to guard guards. That's really what they're missing. I think you know, we didn't see Giannis on Brunson. I, I'm fine with that. I don't think Giannis is meant to guard point guards. It's just too hard for him at that size to slither around screens with these little guys. They need another plus guard defender. I don't know exactly where they'll find it. I mean, we can talk about avenues, but I, I don't think the two young guys are quite ready to be that yet designated. Crowder back will help, Jay Crowder, but, you know, he's a wing too. I think they just need one more plus defender who can hang with small guards and navigate screens. And then everything that they run is going to look a whole lot more cohesive than it does now when you just have too many guys getting beat right away to start start possessions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. 
It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, two days earlier they beat the same team, and it's not like they played any better of defense on Brunson in that game. I mean, every game Brunson's played against the Bucks, it's kind of been the same thing. Like, you let him go off, he's going to hit all his mid-range shots, and he's going to have a big scoring night. But, you know, usually you're probably going to win because you'll neutralize the other guys. You're going to be great offensively. And that's kind of been... I don't know if it's 100% their strategy, but that's been part of it is like with these opposing guards and and it's been, okay, let the, let these guys, you can score 30 on us, but we're going to end up beating you in the end, even though you, you know, because we know our weakness is going to be a point of attack defense, but make that guy kind of beat us on your own. Brunson had 36 two days before Christmas on better shooting, you know, seven assists. I got in Christmas, he had 38 and six assists. So basically the same stat line, but the difference to me was, um, you know, you didn't really neutralize RJ Barrett as much. He had a huge first quarter. And then Julius Randle also had 20 and our offense just wasn't as explosive. It got going in the second half, but in the first half, it was one of their worst offensive first halves of the season. And that really just kind of, okay, all of a sudden you're playing from behind the whole game. Um, so I didn't think it was anything super new. I didn't think it was anything that, you know, it, that was different on Christmas than, than we'd seen. It just was like, okay, you know, they ended up losing the game because some other things happened, but yeah, I completely agree. They're going to probably need to get uh, a perimeter defender. What have What have your thoughts been on on Dame's defense? Because I know, like, I asked the question earlier a couple weeks ago, where I was like, if the Bucks hadn't made the trade for Dame, if they still had Drew, where do you think they'd rank as far as defense compared to where they are now? Which they're about twentieth, but I mean they. After those first few games, they're like 13th, you know, since they went back yeah, to drop. But I look today, it's 13th, I believe, since the first four, since November 3rd. So even after that, yeah. that rough Knicks game, still better than average, technically defensively. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, the schedule hasn't been super tough, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like, how have you viewed Dame defensively? I know he's not Drew. I know he hasn't been, you know, Drew's a, a much better defender. He's going to, if you had Drew, you'd be a better defense. But to me, I haven't seen this as man, Dame is killing us defensively. Dame's, you know, just been a complete liability on that end. I don't, I, I just see him, I've seen him as like, okay, he's been serviceable. He's had his moments of, of you know, really bad play on that end, really bad um, effort on that end. But for the most part, I feel like 75, 80% of the time I've been like, I, I've been fine with his defense. I don't know if you agree though. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I would say, I think he ratcheted up the intensity more even recently. I think after the, the Pacers loss, you know, the whole thing came out with Bobby Portis, the team meeting and all this. And it really kind of felt like a, it could have been a decisive moment for this team in this season, right? Like if things kind of spiraled from then. And instead the team went on a seven-game win streak before, of course, losing on Christmas. And I felt like over those seven games, it was probably the best game defense. And even against the Knicks, I mean, there was a possession late in that game when he was on Brunson, I think. And he played the possession as well as you possibly could the whole, you know, whatever it was, 10, 11 seconds of guarding him. And eventually Brunson just knocks down an outstanding, like, fadeaway jumper. And it was one yeah. of those, like, great, great perimeter defense. 
offense just wins though. The good offense wins if it's if it's really on point. So I, I think Dave's defense hasn't been a problem, but it's just he's not a plus either in that end. Yeah. I, I would say. I think some possessions, yes. I think it comes and goes, which is kind of the same for Giannis, which is kind of just how it is for players who are that involved offensively too. And that's why I think being able to add someone who you're not relying on as much offensively is a, is important. Like I think for Drew Holiday, it was almost the opposite where the defense would be there consistently and the offense would come and go. It seems very rare, especially, you know, in December, but even in playoff games or playoff series for players to be able to do a hundred percent both ways. That's a very rare caliber of player. I would not say Dame is doing that, but I do think uh, I, I don't think it's been like oh Dame is a horrible defender and that's that's the Bucks' big problem right now. What about at the end of that game? They should have been fouling. They weren't. Yeah. Uh, and Middleton's hands are up in the air. Like I didn't know what the heck we were supposed to be doing. I I got no idea. I've only played in the league twenty years. I have no idea I'm supposed to foul in that situation. That cracked me up. I'm sorry. Uh, and everybody's kind of yeah. looking at the sidelines, like to Adrian Griffin, like oh you didn't tell us what to do. We don't know what to do. I I, I mean. For me, it's, dude, you're a vet. You know what the heck the score is. You know how much time is left. Like, do your job. You don't need somebody to tell you what to do. But at the same point, there's another side of me like, shouldn't he maybe communicating this type of stuff, yelling and screaming, jumping up and down as far as what he wants him to do? you got Prunty right next to him uh, as well. I thought Prunty was jumping up and down on the sidelines when they inbounded that ball, yelling and screaming, maybe maybe he wasn't yelling and screaming at them. I have no idea. Any concern there in late game situations as far as communication goes, Ty? Uh, no, I mean that that was it obviously wasn't good that game. And then there was the other game when they didn't foul up three against the right. Bulls, and it was kind of like the. And I wonder if this was a similar thing. What we, you know, what Griffin said after that game was they basically had like a set of scenarios. So, you know, if a player has his back to the basket, you can foul. Or if, you know, if he's behind three-point line, be careful about fouling because we don't want to pick up the three-point foul and, and kind of bail them out that way. Uh, and Caruso just made a great play in that game. And I, and I think, you know, and basically Griffin said too, like we would adjust our parameters afterward because I think it ended up being back to the basket but behind three. So, you know, there was just like it was kind of a complicated case. I wonder in this game, and, and I know I think Hubie was saying this on the call for Christmas, like, you know, okay, if you're not going to foul right away, then don't foul. And and I don't know if, like, the coverage was misunderstood or how they were going to play it was misunderstood. But, I mean, you, they could have just straight up played defense that possession and tried to force a miss or a, or a steal. And they had gotten it, like, the, the Knicks weren't in a great position to get a shot. So at that point, it was just like, okay, eat the six more seconds and try and force a miss here. And then Chris fouled. So it felt like... You know, the guys just weren't on the same page. That's certainly concerning, but I, I try to keep in mind with all of this, they played pretty rigidly a certain way for the last five years, and now I think things are different in a lot of these scenarios. So especially someone like Chris, who had been on the team for a long time, maybe would have been used to playing it a different way than they were. I don't know. It's obviously not ideal. You'd like to see it better executed. I also think, you know, the game was pretty much over at that point, but you still want to see better execution uh, than that. So, yeah, I think it's something that they'll work on. And what I try to do with these with the rookie head coach and Griffin is go, okay, do they mess it up more than once? And I think if they mess it up more than once, that's my issue. We'll see the next time they're in this scenario, hopefully not for a while where they have to follow late. But, you know, if they're on the same page and how they execute it.